Good morning, Pastor Steve here. Welcome again to our, this segment of Leftovers. These leftovers are from our sermon on February the 21st. If you haven't seen that or heard that, I invite you to go to our website, LakeGibsonUMC.com, and listen to that. That sermon centered around uh, how Isaiah and John, in both Isaiah 6 and Revelation chapter 4, how they were ushered into the presence of God and they observed a worship service that went on in heaven. And we were talking about what that looked like and uh, how that may appear even today, possibly. And we agreed that one of the first things that is, is required for that is God's presence. And that we had that same presence available to us today here on earth as the Holy Spirit dwells in each of us. And as Jesus said, where two or three come together, I'm there in their midst. So that uh, that same experience could be available to us. And we asked some questions about why maybe it wasn't. We've been talking about revival and, and worship, and I want to go to a quote from John Wesley about revival. And remember when Wesley uh, was alive, he never left the Anglican Church. The Methodist Church was his attempt to revive uh, his Anglican Church. A, tent, a, a chance and an attempt to bring back, as he put it, holiness to the world. Here's his quote about revival. I continue to dream and pray about a revival of holiness in our day that moves forth in mission, creates authentic community in which each person can be unleashed through the empowerment of the Spirit to fulfill God's creational intentions. Now, I want to break that down a little bit and just look at what Wesley's saying about revival. First, that it would be a revival of holiness. Holiness, that's being like God. That's being full of love, mercy, and grace. That's being truthful. That's being a person of integrity. That's doing what's right just because it's right, not because you have to or not because of whoever might be watching you. And, and it's also trusting others to do that also. It says he wants it to move forth in mission. What mission? The mission of the gospel. The mission of the gospel is to take the gospel to all four corners of the earth to tell about God's love, about Jesus Christ's life, death, and resurrection, and how that changes people, about the Holy Spirit and how he will come in and help clean us up and, and help us and will do the things that he does in us to revive us, if you will. It's about putting the love of God into action putting the love of God into our hearts, our minds, our attitudes, as well as our hands, our feet, and our pocketbook, and helping those in need. It says he would like to create an authentic community, an authentic congregation, if you will. One that, has Paul writes, where there is now neither Jew nor Greek, slave nor free, but all are equal. All are made in the image of God. To have a community that's diverse and one that's represented like Revelation 7-9 does. In Revelation 7-9, John writes this. After this, I looked and there was a great multitude that no one could count. Notice how many. A multitude nobody can count. They were from every nation, from all tribes and peoples and languages. In other words, they're brown, black, yellow, green, whatever color. They speak Spanish, English, Vietnamese, whatever. 
all different languages. And they're all doing one thing, standing before the throne, before the Lamb, robed in white, with palm branches in their hands. In other words, they're all praising God. When I read that with the palm branches, I think of Jesus' triumphal entry into Jerusalem and how the palm branches were waving with the crowds and they were shouting, Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna to God in the highest, which is very similar to what we talked about Sunday when Isaiah records that the seraphim, the elders were singing, Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty. Wesley goes on, he says that he would like to see each person unleashed, set free, to be all that they're called to be by God, and to be empowered by the Holy Spirit, to be all they're called and to be fulfilling God's creational intentions. We probably want to talk about that a minute. What is God's creational intentions? If you go back and look at Genesis chapter 1, every day, whatever God created, at the end of that day, he said, it is good until he got to the seventh day, or the sixth day actually, when he created humans. And on the sixth day, he said, it is very good. God made creation to glorify him, to point to him. In fact, Paul writes in Romans 1.20, he writes this, Ever since the creation of the world, God's eternal power, <clears throat> excuse me, God's eternal power and His divine nature, invisible though they are, have been understood and seen through the things that He has made. In other words, God can be seen in creation. The trees, the mountains, the rivers, the valleys, the oceans, people, you and me, the animals. God is seen. Is this a revival that you could get on board with? A revival that doesn't really... Um, I don't want to put this, that doesn't react to what I want, but a revival that works on what does God want and how does God ask us to be and how does God ask us to live. I hope you can get on board with that revival. I hope you could pray for that revival like I will be doing. And let's pray that God will revive us and let it start with each of us. Hope to see you 1030 Sunday for our livecast. Have a great day. Go in the peace of God.